the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. And hey, Flyer fans, welcome into Flanagan's Pub here for this edition of Flyer Feedback. Here as we're waiting on the thoughts of uh, head coach Anthony Grant here in just a couple moments. Filling in for John Bedell, I'm Mike Purvis, and uh, joining next to me here, UD Hall of Famer Keith Wallaskowski. Uh, <laughs> Keith, uh, you and I were talking uh, before we went on air here a little bit about how uh, nervy finish that was there down the stretch, but uh, certainly... Uh, a lot of things we can talk about in this one right here. Flyers looked great defensively all the way throughout. Got a big performance here. First game that we really have seen R.J. Blakeney have a, a real standout performance here. And I want to get your two thoughts on that. And I know that we'll hear more from Anthony Grant later on. But certainly down the stretch of that game there, uh, Flyers really needed somebody to make a big bucket. And they went on the guy who had a career high today with R.J. Blakeney. They did. And it, it was interesting because as this game started off, 0-0, zero, zero, uh, a defensive struggle, uh, offensive struggle. Yeah. Defenses were, were all over the place um, for both teams. But it, it, you had the idea that it was going to be that type of game. Very physical both ways. I thought we handled it very well. They, they came in you know, wanting to push us around. Uh, we didn't just succumb to that. We pushed our way through screens. We boxed out, uh, especially in the first half. Yeah. Kind of held our own built a little bit of a lead, started off the second half, got enough of a lead, you know, and I looked at the clock and, and was talking to some folks in the tunnels we were watching with about 16 and a half minutes to go and said, I, there's a lot of time left in yeah. this game for a team that plays as physical as they do, that has the potential to shoot as well as they do from outside. There's a lot of time left in this game, even being up 18, uh, didn't necessarily like the spot, but you're right, down the stretch, we were able to come up with some big free throws, uh, a huge shot by R.J. Blakeney, that three from the wing, and we really, really needed it. Uh, and, you know, we're ultimately able to just close the game out, whether it's by five or whether it's by 25, doesn't matter as long as we got the win, which we did. Yeah, and um, I think to that point there, and obviously we don't want to – how many times have we heard in every broadcast, you know, if you're ever watching on TV, you hear how young the Flyers are and everything like that. Virginia Tech's a very experienced team, and that's one of the things you knew that a team like that, they play good defense – force you into making mistakes. That's exactly what Virginia Tech did down the stretch. But I think that goes for a lot of what the Flyers did before that moment, before those long stretches of scorelessness and without getting all those field goals earlier, that, that stretch from about like the under 12 timeout till right about five minutes left certainly seemed like Dayton couldn't get anything going offensively. And it certainly seemed like that could have been the turning point in the game had UD not been able to finish it out. But a lot of that had to do with the, all the work that they did in the first 30 minutes of the game because it certainly seemed like they were the more, dare I say, the more experienced team, probably the better team for the first 30 minutes of that game today. For the first 30, first 30 minutes, absolutely. And, and you're right, everybody talks about this team being young and being yeah. inexperienced. But the only way to gain experience is to be put into situations like this, yep. which we were. We're going to gain experience. We're going to learn a lot of stuff about ourselves, mm -hmm. uh, the individuals on this team, the, the collective team effort, how to play with a lead against a tough game. I mean, again, you can't, you can't replicate that in practice. You yeah. can try all you want, but you're not going to get that type of tension, that type of atmosphere uh, that we had in the arena tonight. And ultimately, it's, it's a was a big growth opportunity for us, and, and I definitely think that we did tonight. Yeah, that's um, that's an interesting point you made because I, I tend to, at the end of games like this, just like everyone else, you kind of sit there and you reflect a little bit on what did you learn from the team, what did you see from them, what did what is your break breakaway from this game? And you know, when you have a young team, I, I can think of you know two years ago when I was doing this a little more often that I would always say like, hey, what did we learn from Dayton this year? And certainly it seems as if the thing you just said there was playing with a lead. That seems like that's something that's really, really hard 
to, for, for teams to learn how to do, and it really does take a lot of those, uh, those experiences, and it's a good thing that they did it against a Power 5 school as well that's probably going to win a lot of games in the ACC this year. Yeah, it's, it's tough to do, and it's especially tough for a team like we have because we're much better when we're attacking the basket, when we're aggressive on defense and aggressive on offense, going to the paint, getting two feet in the paint, trying to finish something either around the basket or with a drop-off or with a penetration – uh, attract the defense kick out to a three mm -hmm. when you're playing with the lead it's a little bit easier to kind of let the shot clock dwindle down a little bit and then start to attack and then you're kind of playing with your back against the wall yeah. as as that shot clock gets you know down into single digits and, and is close to running out um, so it's, it's tougher to continue to stay aggressive uh, without forcing shots early in the shot clock that you don't necessarily need. Uh, it's a tough balance. And I just, again, I know there was spells where we didn't necessarily handle that part of it well. Yeah. Uh, but, again, learning experiences. Obviously, we handled it well enough to, again, come away with a win against an ACC team. And you know what I, what I thought was interesting as well is that we saw that Dayton was, not, was taking – rough shots there at times, I guess is what I would say, down the stretch. It seemed like Virginia Tech was kind of forcing Dayton into those that really kind of started to get the lead down. But that exact same decision-making that Virginia Tech was forcing Dayton into was exactly what Dayton forced Virginia Tech into in the first part of the game. And it was almost like a complete flip of really like the first 10 minutes of the game. Really, we saw down the last 10 minutes of the game where – Virginia Tech really kind of just pushed up that defense. And, and, I, and I don't want to credit it to youth, but I'll, I'll let you say to that. But would you just say that you think it's a little bit of the experience and kind of learning a little bit? Is that kind of why learning to play with the lead, is that really kind of how we saw it get so close there towards the end? Or what, what were your factors? What do you yeah, I, I absolutely think it was. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's tough to do. We had a lead. We had a momentum. There were a couple of breaks, you know, some uh, some. Fouls, free throws, media timeouts, uh, Virginia Tech takes a timeout. So that it, it breaks it up and breaks up the momentum. Mm -hmm. Again, I thought in the first half we made things very uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And in the second half, they were used to it a little bit. Again, older guys, experienced guys, they know how to handle it for 40 minutes. It's We're still trying to find that balance of being able to do it. We play a lot of different guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, we went all the way through the lineup, and, you know, we got good, good things from good guys, good minutes, and, you know, yet again, a different guy steps up to, uh, to carry this team. Well, time now to head over to uh, back to the arena. Head coach Anthony Grant is standing by with Larry. We'll get Coach Grant's thoughts here on the other side of this break. You're listening to the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, oh, yeah. Dayton's News and Talk. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back to UD Arena. Dayton defeats uh, Virginia Tech 62-57, uh, joined by Coach Anthony Grant. And Coach, you and I talked before the game, and, and you said maybe the biggest thing that your team needed to do was make Virginia Tech uncomfortable uh, running their stuff. It looks like you did that. Yeah, I thought the effort, you know, was, was really, really good. I thought our guys understood the task at hand and, and a lot of respect for Virginia Tech and what they do. But we knew the best chance for us was to try to get them out of what they did, uh, try to get the game at, at, the, at the style and the pace that we wanted it to. And I thought we were effective doing that. You had some guys that, uh, that, uh, that had good stat lines. But I want to look past R.J. Blakeney scoring a career-high 19 points. Just the eyeball test of what he was doing for you from energy standpoint and making plays. How, how important was that? 
Yeah, you know, one thing that we, we, we charge and we, we try to make sure that we're, we're, we're doing is, is hustle stats, right? The things that don't show up on the stat sheet. So whether it's deflections or steals or offensive rebounds or loose balls, first to the floor, all that stuff, we chart that. And I thought, you know, RJ and really our team, you know, made a, made a great effort today to make sure we dominated that area. And I thought that was the difference in the game. And as you mentioned, you know, RJ was a huge part of that. Obviously, making shots today uh, was huge. But I thought his energy, his focus, uh, really our team, you know, and, and I don't want to take anything away uh, from, uh, you know, the result there. But I thought, you know, today the effort uh, that we needed uh, in terms of who we want to become as a team and what it took today to beat a good Virginia Tech team. Uh, we needed that from everybody on the court today, and I think guys went out and gave everything they could to try to make that happen. And you had, and I could go up and down the roster, but you had guys that made plays for you, and sometimes making a play was as simple as making a free throw when you're trying to stop a run or securing a, a defensive rebound. Yeah, we, we talked about it, I think, at the under eight media timeout that, that that's what was needed we needed the guys on the floor to have a level of confidence and to have a level of trust in each other and to be able to go make plays because it was going to have to make plays to win on both sides of the ball you know and, and uh, a great lesson for our team you know uh, four or five days ago we're on the road and we're down double figures with four or five minutes to play and we played with desperation and it gave us a chance to put us back in position where we had a chance to win the game Today was the opposite, where we had a lead that we had to protect. And we have to understand the game is always going to be 40 minutes, right? The clock's not going to run out. So you have to go make sure that you're doing everything uh, that you need to do to go finish the game, right? And, and that, that involves making plays. And so it was great to see uh, our ability down the stretch, the last four minutes of the game, to be able to make plays on both sides of the ball to get the win. And what a valuable learning tool to all get the win and to go against a quality opponent and, and find out the things that you did right to close a game out and maybe the things that you left the door open that yeah. maybe next time you want to shut it. Yeah, every game is going to provide opportunity to learn and get better. You know, and, and we've said this a bunch. We like to learn through winning, right? And so now uh, the guys have a lot on their plate. We're in finals week. You know, it's been a hectic, a hectic uh, you know, week, week, two weeks for them. Uh, this will give them a chance to, to focus on getting their academics where they need to be this week before we uh, before we hit the court again midweek in preparation for our game next weekend. So a much-needed break. Uh, hopefully uh, our guys will do everything they need to do to make sure they, they finish the semester strong in the classroom. All right. Like you say, it's, a, it's better to win, lose, earn, learn through wins, maybe both on and off the court. There you go. All there right. Go. Okay. Thanks, that's, all right. That'll wrap things up here. Uh, on behalf of uh, our crew here courtside, our engineer producer, Alex Schilling, Brooks Hall filling in for Bucky here this afternoon. Our final again, Dayton 62 and in Virginia Tech 57. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health. Proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. CareSource, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. Vandalia Blacktop and Seal Coating, make your parking lot look great again. 
Go to VandaliaBlacktop.com to see how. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Flyer fans, welcome back into tonight's edition of Flyer Feedback here on WHR Radio. Live from Flanagan's Pub, I'm Michael Purvis. I'm sitting in for John Bedell sitting next to me. Keith Wallace-Skowski and Flyers. You heard there from Anthony Grant just a couple minutes ago. Big win for the Flyers here. Finding learning through winning is kind of the big thing I took away from that one there is the Flyers took care of business against ACC foe Virginia Tech, 62-57. R.J. Blakeney leading uh, all Dayton scores with 19. As a matter of fact, led all scores in general with that uh, career-high performance. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of ways you can uh, join in on the program here. Uh, we'll be going to 5 o'clock here today, 457-1290. You can uh, give us a call up there, and we will uh, take your call and get, uh, get your thoughts on the game as well. And you can also join us here at the Bud Light Mike at Flanagan's Pub. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say and your thoughts about this win as the Flyers' uh, roller uh, roller coaster season continues here. As I think I saw a tweet from a from a, a national uh, national writer saying that uh, you know Dayton just se- certainly seems to have a pretty uh, pretty polar opposites. You know they can go from losing those three bye games to having two good wins on their resume if we want to look at it that way with a win over uh, likely a tournament team in Virginia Tech, assuming they're uh, heading that way as. Well, as having that win over Kansas as well. So, so Keith, I'll, I'll throw it to you here. Is I know we wanted to talk a little bit about RJ a little bit because he did have such a career high uh, with his career high 19 points here today. You mentioned you were a, a little critical of his play at times, but uh, what did you see today that, in addition to that stat line, that kind of impressed you with how he played today? Uh, yeah, it had been because, and he's an interesting player because he does a lot for us on the defensive end, and and his length in our press is very disruptive for other teams. Yeah. But I, he was struggling to kind of find a, a flow and a rhythm in offense, it seemed like, and he hadn't necessarily been shooting the ball consistently. But today, obviously, flipped the switch a little bit different. <laughs> things, things came easy, five for five from three. Uh, you know, made some really good finishes, some really good decisions. Again, was super disruptive on the defensive end as well. And, you know, we've talked about it. Everybody's talked about it. This team being as deep as they are every night, it could be somebody different that's stepping up, making a huge impact for this team. And there's a number of guys that still made impacts doing the way that they do. RJ, even more so. Obviously, we needed every single one of his points, big shots that got our offense going and opened things up for a few other guys on the team, inside, outside, and ball movement for us on offense. So, I, you know, I thought he did a tremendous job. Hopefully helps a little bit him finding a little bit of a rhythm mm-hmm. uh, because I think that, that kind of fifth spot that was a little bit of a, a turnstile, who's going to fill the spot, who's going to be the guy on necessarily on this night. Uh, obviously, RJ tonight, if he could get some consistency there, that would be uh, that would help level out our highs and lows yeah, exactly. as a team. Well, and I, I think another thing that, uh, that I saw as well, I think at different times, and I'm sure the fan base has said this as well, is that it, it seems that there were – was sometimes almost afraid to shoot. Like they were almost like afraid to, to pull the trigger – when they saw the shot that they needed to go. And I think that sometimes you see that with younger teams or guys who are struggling with their confidence. 
But I saw RJ in the first half specifically took two wide open threes that were ones that I hope a guy in his spot is going to take. I've seen Kobe has been able, Kobe Bray has been the one who's been shooting those. RJ had those opportunities today and made them. Certainly you have to hope that at least for RJ, I think we've seen those different glimpses over the last two years of this guy being one of those, I don't want to call him a glue guy yet, but I mean it certainly seems as if he could be one of those guys who can carry a team on a night like this but also give you a solid 10-point uh, performance every night. Hopefully this is the game where he starts to see the ball go through the net a lot more, get some of those catch-and-shoot opportunities, but also just be more consistent on both ends of the floor because this was probably one of his better games, if not his best, that we've seen him play in a Dayton uniform tonight. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that, and mm -hmm. I think on both ends too. Obviously he shot the ball as well as he has shot the ball. Uh, you're completely correct in the assessment of he stepped up wide open shots, uh, didn't hesitate to shoot them at all, whether you're, whether you're hot, whether you're cold, you know, it's Ted Lasso goldfish mentality, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> have that short memory, uh, especially when it's been going bad for you. But, you know, I, I think, again, I can't say enough about what mm -hmm. he did. And then, again, a game like this, uh, being driven by the defense and the physicality that both teams are playing with, and, you know, he's one of those guys, especially early on, like he's in the he's in the backcourt. It's not just Malachi and Mal not to take anything away from Malachi because his effort is tremendous. Yeah. But he's back there with them. And, you know, there's times he's taking passes away. There's times he's coming to trap. There's times he's playing a little bit of cat and mouse. And again, his length, his wingspan, he's he's not a short guy. Um, making passes difficult. And sometimes he just gets a fingertip on the ball. And you see Mustafa or or Kobe Elvis step in for a steal in the in the in the next line of defense. So he he does a lot for this team. I think if we could get some offensive production, some consistent offensive production mm -hmm. from him, uh, would be a good thing as well. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about that. Of course, another reminder: four five seven twelve ninety, or you can step up to the Bud Light mic here at Flanagan's Pub uh, for your thoughts here on this big win for the for the Flyers today. So we t you talked about the tip passes and everything like that. I. I we mentioned right as we took a, took over from uh, for flyer feedback here that the two big takeaways from this game was obviously the performance of R.J. Blakeney and how effective Dayton was on defense today, specifically in both halves, mainly in the first 30 minutes of this game. I, I, all I can say is, is I think ever since Anthony Grant came here, I think that there were a lot of people that saw and hoped that that defense, that really defensive-minded VCU team that he left for Alabama that you know later did what they did. That we would think that maybe that kind of physicality would be a trademark of this team, that they would be hard-nosed defensively, they would run press for 30 minutes a game or whatever. That's incredibly hard to do. I mean, that takes a lot out of you, even with a team that's as deep as Dayton. But the fact that when Dayton employed that press here today, that it was effective, that is such a good sign heading into conference play mm -hmm. because you're going to need that, whether you have a lead or you're playing from behind. You have to be able to keep that pressure on as teams are trying to bring the ball across the court. It's not, it, it's not a, I'm not breaking any news here with that, but the fact that it was effective and really led to those three turnovers in the second half right as it started off, it certainly seemed as if that that press hopefully is here to stay for one and that Dayton can continue to be effective in it throughout the season. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, I think for one it wears you out it, it makes things difficult mm -hmm. uh we only got 30 seconds in a shot clock to get a shot up so if you're pressing guys in the backcourt making it difficult for them to bring the ball up the court now all of a sudden they're only working with like 20 18 seconds by the time they really get into their offense uh so that definitely helps and it, it just it 
it wears on you over yeah. the course of 40 minutes a game it wears on you and wears on you and you're just as an opponent's like man they're still here <laughs> like i still have to like hold up a protect like a guard hand when i'm dribbling the basketball i'm still having to you know post the guy up and release just to just to get open to get a ball in the backcourt in the front court anywhere it, it, it really is exhausting and it leads to mental errors it leads to uh, you know, bad passes. It leads to guys not stepping all the way through to catch a ball. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, again, we talk about Malachi, we talk about RJ in the front court, but we saw Virginia Tech even even in their, uh, I'm sorry, in the back court, but you saw Virginia Tech in the front court today even just airmailing balls out of bounds yeah. or bad passes to seemingly nobody. They threw one to uh, the engineer Alex yeah. at, at one point <laughs> in the game, right? So, it, it's tough to just constantly do that mentally it's draining physically it's draining and if you can get to games by you know by the by the end of the game we you know we were able to still have enough legs to play some defense and virginia tech needed some shots that late that they did not get to fall and even two three shots in a single possession that they weren't able to get to fall because again they're just exhausted yeah exactly so flyers in this game here today forced 13 Hokies turnovers Dayton ended up turning the ball over 15 times they had seven in the first half I thought that was a little high maybe it was because that you know Dayton did have that lead at halftime but uh Virginia Tech ended up getting uh, 19 points off of turnovers for the the Flyers only only getting 13 but I think ultimately again when it comes down to just with that consistent wearing down I, I know that we heard Anthony Grant just say a few minutes ago to Larry that they needed to make Virginia Tech uncomfortable. And it certainly seemed like VT was not comfortable at all. They were making bad shots, taking – things just weren't going well for them. And Dayton did a great job of, of keeping them to that. I also wanted to say as well is that I looked at some of the comments, some of the post-game comments after the uh, SMU game, and I saw the, a nice comment from Duran uh, Holmes saying that we need to find – we need – to play more consistent for an entire game. If we start out strong, it certainly seems as if we can do it for 40 minutes. And it certainly seemed that with the exception of about that five-minute stretch there right at the, from about the 10-minute mark again to the, about the under-four timeout, this Dayton team put a pretty, pretty much a complete performance in uh, on both sides of the ball here, and I'd like to hear your thoughts about that, Keith. Yeah, I, I really think they did. They came out, even though shots weren't necessarily falling early, mm-hmm. uh, again, evidenced by the 0-0 score at the, the first media time. I don't know out. if I've ever seen that before. I don't, I, I don't know if I ever have either. And even, <laughs> even the last shot, Duran got fouled. Uh, to go to the free throw line, and it was almost kind of like a chuckle at that point uh, that it was still 0-0. And then even he missed both free throws, and it was almost kind of like a, a chuckle at that point that it's still 0-0. Like, is anybody ever going to score? Like, a, one of those things that just happened. But I thought our, our, I think our effort on the defensive side of the ball is always there. The effort is there. Sometimes we get a little loose with the positioning. Um, and, I, again, I don't think it's because – I don't think it's because we're not trying hard. Yeah. I think we're maybe we're focused on too many things. Maybe we're overthinking. Maybe we're not thinking enough. Maybe we just are young and we don't know. And things happen, and we're having to make split-second decisions. We don't get in the right position. On offense, we come out. I think when I really look into this team, we struggled early, tried to give people a little bit of, of room to play, make decisions. Now it's drive the ball to the basket. Our mentality is attack the basket, get two feet into the paint. If nobody steps up, finish it. If somebody steps up, one of the big guys, drop it down low, finish it off two hands to the glass or a dunk. If you get help from the perimeter that sucks in, kick it out to somebody that's relocating, hands 
you know, hands out in front of them, good pass that they can step into a three-point shot that's a higher quality shot rather than just settling for shots. And, you know, I, at the beginning of the season, we were kind of running our offense just just for the sake of running it. Like mm-hmm. we were running five on zero in practice. And, you know, the, the play sheet says I'm supposed to pass the ball and then go this direction and set a screen and you get all the way to the end of the play. We weren't looking to score. Now we're looking to score a little bit. We just have to be consistent in that effort and – make good decisions there's sometimes we may get uh you know a little bit quick with the threes mm-hmm. sometimes we may try to force it through a little bit of traffic uh down low or draw a foul we just got to pick and choose know wh- when it's right to do either one of those. and i want to come back to that in a few moments because i do want to talk about how this team went from looking like they were having a hard time competing to now we're starting to actually see this team start to figure that out i want to come back to that a little bit more i do want to remind you four five seven twelve nineties away you can join in uh to get your uh, comments on this game as well as the Bud Light Mike here live. We're going to actually head to the phone lines. We're going to head to Jerry from Dayton. Uh, Jerry, what uh, what's on your mind here after this uh, Flyer victory hey guys, here tonight? Uh, go Flyers. Uh, two quick things. One is, uh, Keith, you've seen this uh, official with the, uh, the white hair over the years. Uh, to my imagination, he just a rally killer for the Flyers. And secondly is uh, something wrong with Sissoko. Um Really surprised not to see him in the lineup. And uh, does Coach Matt have confidence in him? So, thank you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that. Uh, I know that uh, you and I were talking a little bit about and officials were one thing that got brought up. I know that, thank goodness, Dayton got a win, so luckily that's something that we can kind of move on from. I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But uh, to also to the other side there, I, I haven't really heard anything on Mulai Sissoko, who, if he had any injuries or anything like that. I'll let you answer that if you have anything. But I will say one of my big observations has been if Mu can become a player that can give five to ten minutes a game and be that solid role player. Um, but um, I'll let you respond to both of Jerry's comments there, uh, both on officiating as well as on uh, if, about Moo and how we how we was today. Yeah, so I'll start I'll start off with Moo. If you if you watch Anthony Grant's teams uh, as you have any of the the past seasons, he's going to play guys that are defending, rebounding, making good decisions, playing hard. Yeah. In this particular game, I think it was one of those where Virginia Tech, the way they run their offense, their guys were not necessarily just posting up. They're a little bit further away from the basket. I think we were getting okay enough pr- production from our guys, and we ended up having to switch a number of screens, contest with smaller guards. I don't think it was necessarily uh, the best situation to put Moo in as a defensive basketball player. Again, not a knock on Moo, just not his style. And so that's why I think we ended up rolling with different A lot of times it's all about matchups there, and I mean, with, exactly. the way you, with the way you look at it. And like you said, it seems as if a team like Virginia Tech that can stretch all five of their players outside the arc at different times, if you don't have that one post-up player, really doesn't go to Moo, yeah. Right, and, and that's not – again, Moo has given us good minutes today uh, this year. Mm-hmm. He's given us, you know, good presence inside, rebounds, uh, you know, just either stick backs or drop-offs that he's finishing off. He's given us good production. There's a time and a place and a role for him. Uh, unfortunately for him, tonight wasn't the night. As far as the ref goes, I, we kind of joked about it a little bit beforehand. I guaranteed you everybody that called was going to talk about the refs. Um, listen, the refs weren't good. It happens. Just like players, refs have off nights. Yeah. And tonight was an off night for the refs. Here's what I love about that is I don't think it ever affected our effort. I don't think it ever affected our focus on what we were trying to do. I don't think we stopped playing hard uh, because of the refs, yeah. which is a huge point for us, a, a great learning and growing experience, because we didn't let that dictate uh, what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. There were some, some, uh, some situations where we had 
again, Duran and Malachi, I think, were on the bench a little bit. Tumani was in some foul trouble, too. Uh, they had to spend some extra time. That happens. How do we adapt, right? Do we think it's going to get any easier when we go to Oxford, Mississippi next no. week? Or are we going to all not. of a sudden get some calls down there? <laughs> Probably not. Is it yeah. going to be that way? We're at Rhode Island or at VCU uh, in St. Bonaventure. Like, you don't depend on refs to give you calls. So if you can eliminate that as an excuse in the way that you play and what you're trying to execute, then great. If you do get calls, perfect. We'll take it. Knock your free throws down. If you don't get them, I don't care. We're still going to play our and, game. And I think that's one of the things that with, with different coaching staffs, and I'll finish my thought here in a moment, but I think it's a lot about keeping the noise out of the team sometimes. And I think that when you're in the game, sometimes that those are the – external factors that you can't always plan for and it's a nice thing to see that a young team still was able to maintain its composure quite a little bit yep. uh, and to be able to see out this win here time for us to take a quick break uh, we will have the uh, the final uh, final little bit here of flyer feedback from flanagan's pub we'll be back here in just a couple of moments uh, you're listening to the home of the flyers this is flyer feedback 1290 and 95.7 whio dayton's news and talk Hey, Flyer fans, welcome back into the final stretch here of Flyer, uh, Flyer Feedback here from Flanagan's Pub. I'm Mike Purvis sitting in for John Bedell. Keith Waskowski, UD Hall of Famer, sitting next to me. Of course, a reminder, 457-1290 is how you can get your comments on the air. You can also uh, head up to the Bud Light Mike, which uh, we're going to make a last call for both of those here, and we're going to head right there out of the break here. Paul from Kansas City, you're up on the mic here on the Bud Light Mike. Paul, what, uh, what are your thoughts here on this uh, Flyer victory today? Well, thanks for giving me a minute, guys. Um, being an out-of-towner, I listen to games and follow the Flyers from, from a long distance. Very, very, very pleased with the level of talent on the team. It actually feels like we have an A team and a B team where we can throw five guys out there. doesn't matter which five, but we've got two very, very similar teams. A lot of depth. Um, have some concern, though, that we aren't utilizing some of our strongest talent regularly. So, in my mind, uh, a, a Kamara and a Holmes are probably our two most talented guys. They spend a lot of time uh, on the perimeter throwing the ball around and offensively. We have a lot of offensive sets where just passing around the perimeter. We aren't spending a lot of time um, where our big guys may be on the perimeter and then we're not, we're not using a pick-and-roll type concept with, with any effectiveness to get them the ball down low or get them the ability to drive the ball. I don't know how we get, get those guys to, to achieve their full ability and help differentiate so that we have superstars that we can count on on a regular basis. It's great to have eight, nine, ten guys who, who can fill it up like a Blakeney tonight to, to lead us, but I would like to see us have two to three guys who are, that are consistently at the top of their game that we can regularly count on. Okay. Yeah, I, I, well, a couple of things there. I think if you watch Anthony Grant's teams and the way they play. There's a lot of ball movement out top, a lot of uh, ball reversals. They'll put some guys in pick-and-roll situations or, or dribble handoff uh, type of situations. What, again, we've, we've talked a little bit about the youth. This team is basically everybody is new, so guys like Tumani and uh, Duran playing together, they could spend an extra second posting up. We could spend an extra second as those balls are being reversed, taking a look and seeing if we have a pass inside to be able to exploit those situations. Right now, I think we're still in the process of learning each other that it doesn't necessarily come naturally. So the game happens, it's happening a little bit too quickly for us. As we become more accustomed to each other, the game will start to slow down and 
Guys all in one motion will get a ball at the top and be able to scan the floor, and they're looking inside to see if Duran's posting up or if he hasn't, if he has any type of angles as they continue to rotate and reverse the ball. One of those things, again, I think we could, I agree, we could do a better job of looking at it. I don't think we're ever going to be the type of team that's going to run a specific play and say, you know, just give the ball to Duran and let's go some ISO, everybody else clear out of the way, or Tumani in those situations. Um, if they get the ball there, we'll kind of pause the play and relocate the spots where we need to be. But I think both of those guys, could, again, not a knock, could do a better job of exploiting angles, posting up after they do roll, and at the same time, guys, as we're moving the ball along the perimeter, could do a better job of looking into them. I think that'll come with time and experience uh, of playing together and all those different lineups. But, you know, one of those things that, I think, I, again, I think it just it, – it, it needs some time to develop that comfort level with each other. Well, they need some time, but I'll tell you what, the biggest takeaway today, Flyers get a big win here today. They looked good. And as well, in addition to that, they're still learning through winning. That's a great thing to have there. Hearing some music in my hair, that means it's time for us to end, unfortunately, this edition of Flyer Feedback from Flanagan's Pub. We have a reminder, though, the Flyers are going to be back on the radio on Saturday against Old Miss and Oxford, Mississippi. The pregame show is going to start at 5.30 on Saturday, leading up to the tip at 6.30. No game during the week because it is finals week here for the Flyers. So for my partner here tonight, Keith Walenskowski, as well as our entire WHIO staff, I'm Michael uh, Purvis. Thank you all for listening and participating tonight. And as always, go Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.